Welcome to another episode of Pat the Fat Man, where we like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man. Just the Fat Man. Today we're going to be talking to you about one of the all-time 90s cult classic movies, The Big Lebowski. And we'll start off with first impressions of The Fat Man. Take it away. <laughs> so I'll definitely say about The Big Lebowski, it says it's a cult film, but really what it is is a movie that you identify with at a certain age. Like if you were too young or too old for this movie, you, you probably don't identify with it as much. You like you don't understand the people involved and the characters and the craziness of it. But for me, I identify it now at the age of 38. Go, yeah, I totally get the dude. I totally get the main character of this movie. And it's funny. It's crazy. A lot of it is just nonsensical. And you know how things unfold and you just go WTF. But that's why you left because you're just like, WTF is going on. And what makes this movie is the characters, all of them. You know, the dude, Walter, even Donnie. Donnie's got a small role in this movie. He still is one of those characters that you remember and, and go, hey, don't forget about Donnie. Yeah, don't forget about it. Shut the it's a very good movie meant for a very i don't want to say specific but for a a targeted age i identify with the dude like i get the dude at the age of 38 i go yep i want to be the dude i don't care if he's a loser the dude is just impervious to everything (laughs) and that's just how you want to be at this point with the way things are you just you just want to be impervious to everything you just want to enjoy living (laughs) yeah you don't want nobody to bother you (laughs) all you wanted was your rug that's it (laughs) man (laughs) man man yeah this film so it's a cult classic right and it kind of makes sense why it's a cult classic it's just there are very few movies where i can say beginning to finish every scene is somehow in some way more ridiculous than the scene that came before it. Even the conclusion. <laughs> yeah, even when you get to the end. <laughs> somehow, every scene is more ridiculous than the one that came before it. Because you get to the end, you're thinking, okay, this is all wrapping up. But then you're like, yeah, it's wrapping up, but it's still some crazy stuff happening. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every character slash thing in the movie goes through at least one change. And it's a big change, and it happens one time in the movie, except for the car. The car goes through a constant state of transformation (laughs) throughout this movie. (laughs) It's really the only constant. (laughs) Well, it's constant in a single direction. It's not like it ever gets better for the car. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, no. No, no. I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) But it's a four-track movie. And I'm not saying that in like a Christopher Nolan kind of way. You have the main scenes, which are the plot scenes, and all of them somehow get more ridiculous as you move on. You have two dream sequences, which in themselves both have the dream and then the nightmare. You have the travel sequences, which get more ridiculous as you go, just in among themselves. And you get narrator (laughs) who literally halfway the movie walks into the movie to tell the dude to stop cursing so 
much. <laughs> <laughs> the better part was, like, he says in the movie, he's like, I want to tell you about this dude I met when I went out west. About this fella I met named the dude. <laughs> yeah, so it's a fun watch. There's some moments where I laugh hysterically. It's funny as I, as I get older, which moments I laugh hysterically about tend to change. I like the movie when I first saw it. I don't know, 10 to 15 years ago. I like it now. Honestly, I used to identify a lot more with the dude. Now, I, <laughs> crazy enough, I identify slightly more with Walter. <laughs> <laughs> as terrible as that seems. I don't know. Just because. Yeah. I'm not as like, I don't give an F as much as I used to be in my when I was younger. And so... It's a crazy movie. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm glad we, we watched it and I'm going to enjoy uh, reviewing it. So It's now on my list of like watch constantly while it's on streaming services. <laughs> Let's roll into the movie. Like literally roll into it because it's going to start with a tumbleweed. <laughs> it starts with um, like an old timey love song. And then the narrator voiced by and later uh, portrayed by Sam Elliott. Who I love. I love Sam Elliott in this. The the thing with Sam Elliott is he can't be casted anything for but what you think he would be casted for, which is a cowboy role or like an army guy. That's it. Like, I can't see him doing anything else. You know, he just fills that role so well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he does cowboy well. (laughs) It's a shot that goes through the desert and he's narrating about he's going to tell you the story about a fella he met when he went out west. A guy by the name of Jeff Lebowski. Of course, that was the name that his loving parents gave. But the but Lebowski liked to call himself the dude. The dude. <laughs> and it's this great monologue all about how he's going to tell you the story of how he went out to Los Angeles and how it was a weird place. He's never been anywhere else like it. And because it's such a weird place, he doesn't feel like he got gypped by God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I love the roll up to this because you're you're you are literally watching a tumbleweed. And that's the right. That's what the song is singing about. The tumbleweeds blowing by and you're in the desert. And it's sort of a desert theme. And then you the tumbleweed kind of rolls up up a hill and then you crest it and then you see a city and ostensibly that's that's when he starts talking about los angeles because he doesn't say los angeles <laughs> <laughs> the city of angels she doesn't really know so much about that but <laughs> he's seen some weird stuff there that weird enough that he doesn't feel gypped that he never went to paris or london or <laughs> or anywhere else and he got the whole story in english <laughs> on top of that and the tumbleweed is like going across the highway overpass down a, a city street and finally rolls onto a California beach. <laughs> right. So this is the first the first instance of weirdness, right? Well, it's like the tumbleweed had a persona or something. Yeah, because you're, you're following this thing, right? And yeah, okay, that's fine. You're following a tumbleweed. And then it, it starts going places you don't expect, right? It goes into the city and starts making its way into the city. And then all of a sudden it's on the beach and it's making its way to the water. And you're like, what, what the hell am I watching here? Because, <laughs> yeah, like the tumbleweed's got its own personality or something. <laughs> we go, uh, it flashes into a supermarket aisle. And at this point, the narrator is trying to set up the timing of this story where he talks about how we're in a conflict with Saddam and the Iraqis. <laughs> that actually comes up like three or four times in the movie, just sort of randomly. <laughs> the narrator's just like, I'm just trying to place this. 
because for every time there's a certain kind of man <laughs> we're not gonna call him a hero because what's a hero and then he just repeats there's a man there's a man <laughs> like, talking about the dude. <laughs> like he's fumbling over himself but it doesn't sound like he's fumbling it sounds like he has a purpose and a place to go to and then while he's saying this you're seeing jeff ridges character he's wearing a bathrobe shorts a t-shirt and sandals I and mean, he just looks like a beach bomb you know <laughs> And glasses and shaggy hair. Yeah, like he's he's quintessential beach bum. Probably hasn't combed his hair or washed it in four or five years, possibly. <laughs> and they're at a Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> and he's down what is obvious the dairy aisle, and he's trying to pick out a carton. And if you look closely, it actually says half and half. And he's standing in the aisle, looking around, making sure no one's checking. He opens it up, and he's taking a swig of it right there in the aisle. And of course. Part of it gets on his beard, right? Because he has a mustache and a beard. And he's got one of those mustaches that's just a little too long. So, like, whatever he would drink out of a cup is going to get all up in that mustache. Because it's not trimmed back. I identify with that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've been there. I think anybody who's grown a beard or a mustache at any point has been there. And then after that, he's got this little milk mustache <laughs> part of his mustache <laughs> <laughs> and so after you see him take a sniff that's what it, uh, that's all he does is take a sniff of the, the half and half carton they flash to a cashier who's given this kind of dubious look and there's the dude with the sunglasses on and he's writing a check for 69 cents he's writing a check for 69 cents to buy this half and half and and so this is the beginning I'm not saying I've never gone into a store in a bathrobe and a t-shirt and some shorts and bought something with some flip-flops on. I'm not saying I've never done that. (laughs) So I don't consider that to be terribly ridiculous. But when he's writing a check for less than a dollar for half an half, this is where the ridiculous begins to set in. (laughs) And then next thing you know, we're going back to the dude's apartment and and uh, he walks in and it's dark and all of a sudden the lights come on you see standing behind him is a guy and you're like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh some guy's waiting for him in his house all next thing you know the dude's getting tackled to the ground and getting ran into his bathroom and his head's just getting slammed into the toilet and the guy's yelling you know where's the money lebowski where's the money and after like the third time he goes it's down there somewhere let me go take another look just let me take another another look look. (laughs) and all up to this point so you you have this like fairly peaceful quiet you know 1940s 30s song or 50s maybe um kind of country song playing with the tumbleweed and the narrator and you move into the supermarket and things are fairly quiet and calm and and you know it's it's ridiculous but it's ridiculous in a calm way and he goes home he turns the light off and there's this guy standing somewhere the basket doesn't see him but even then it's fairly calm and then he gets tackled from at, from the other side. Like, the guy behind the door doesn't tackle him. It's another guy that tackles him. And, like, the, the music immediately stops. And it's suddenly, like, you're thrown into this world of violence. <laughs> and confusion. <laughs> yeah, you went from this very calm situation to what in the F is going on. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, let me take another look. Guy slams his head and he's like, you know, we know you, your wife owes money to this guy and we know that you have it. <laughs> you're just like, you're just like, there's no way this guy's got money. <laughs> he just wrote a check for 69 cents. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know, you think, okay, 
you know, they're yelling, where's the money, Lebowski? I, I could see this guy owing money because he's kind of got that deadbeat sort of a thing going on, maybe. So in the course of the events of him getting his head shoved in the toilet, the other guy, uh, who is Asian... The guy that you first see. <laughs> yeah. He decides to whip it out and take a whiz. <laughs> Saying the words, ever thus, ever thus to deadbeats, Lebowski. <laughs> and you're just like so you're gonna be an eloquent man who pees on another man's rug and and, and the basket's like look man i don't know who you're looking for but i know it ain't me and and, and guy number two is like this tall muscular chin length blonde hair he's like a surfer dude you know he's not that smart and he's like your name's lebowski lebowski you know and (laughs) we know your wife his name is bunny and she owes this guy money and lebowski's like whoa whoa wait Buddy, look around, man. Does this place look like I've got a wife? <laughs> yeah, and, and like the little you've seen of the apartment so far, it's not very much it's, that you've seen. It's very shabby. Full testifying to this fact. <laughs> and he does not indeed have a wife. <laughs> and he points out that the toilet seat was up when he came in. Yeah, toilet seat's man. up, man. He ends almost every sentence with man. <laughs> like he said, he's called the dude, you know? Like when you when you call someone a dude, this guy is just embodiment of that word. <laughs> yep, yep. And so the guy is like trying to figure this out, and he picks up this bag and he opens it up, and out comes this black bong ball, and he's like, "What is this?" And the classic <laughs> the Big Lebowski line goes, "Obviously, man, you're not a golfer." <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there, just drenched in one toilet water, you know, with his sunglasses on, just hunched over, just like this defeated look of like, what just happened to my life? <laughs> well, yeah. So, and, and the funny part about it, like the sunglasses, right? So they come off, and they're in the toilet, and so he fishes them out of the toilet and puts them back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's at that moment that the hooligans realize something, and he looks around, and goes, "Wait, isn't this guy?" supposed to be like you know rich <laughs> yeah that's that's when you get the the like okay obviously they've you know they've got this guy's wife probably wrong and then and that's why i guess supposed to be rich and like yeah they definitely got the wrong guy here <laughs> your name's lebowski lebowski <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah isn't this guy supposed to be rich? Oh, man. man we got the wrong guy. This guy's just a loser. <laughs> and the dude shoots back. At least I'm housebroken. Which is a great parting shot. Right. <laughs> Except for the fact that these guys shoot something back that you really just go, wait, what? Like, and the guy's like, yeah. thanks for wasting our time, man. But you're just like, what? yeah, like it's his fault. Right. It's the dude's fault that they they broke into his house and then accosted him, shoved <laughs> his head in the toilet, peed on his rug, and then left. It's the it's the dude's fault that all of that happened. <laughs> Obviously, because his name is Jeff Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the start of our movie. Yeah, it's a pretty a pretty solid jump from the ridiculousness of writing a check. For you know seventy cents or sixty nine cents, which is, you know, it's it's everyday ridiculousness to, okay, this guy's have his you know he's <laughs> he's now covered in toilet water and had to fish his glasses out of the toilet. <laughs> Different level of ridiculousness, 
And yet the coming scene is somehow going to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> and the one after that is going to beat that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the great thing about this movie. It's going to beat that one. And, and oh, this, this movie. Just <laughs> thanks for wasting our time. <laughs> just like, oh, come on. <laughs> Clearly you're not a golfer. <laughs> So then we go to our title scene. We were 20 minutes into this and we're just now getting into the title screen, <laughs> yep. which is, you know, says the big Lebowski and it's got these kind of like 70s Vegas stuff. La, 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 Yes, the, the opening la, la, theme music la, la, la. is The Man and Me by Bob Dylan. Yes. So that's another thing about this movie. Some really great music, too. <laughs> that song is pretty much the theme of the movie because it gets played in several places. Yes. And then as the title screen lifts up, we just get in a little bit of like a montage of your classic bowling alley. Now, this is really where I tend to love this because I really like bowling. <laughs> what I love about this scene is they are all very ordinary people. Right. It's not even like the Hollywood version of ordinary people. These are just flat up people you are guaranteed going to see if you go to a bowling alley. Right, and it's old school bowling alley, like the ones where you actually had to keep score on a laminate scorecard that was set on a projector. So it was projected up onto like a panel on the ceiling. It was hand scoring, not the digital scoring like they have now. And like you said, ordinary people, and it was an ordinary looking bowling alley, just the decor and everything. Oh yeah, it's, it's all very old school. It would be considered old school in the 90s right. so it, it's like a 70s style bowling alley right so for us it would be even it would be like i guess retro would be the the point it's very old school bowling alley and you see the guy spraying the shoes with the stuff person after person throwing a ball <laughs> and it's very classic bowling alley scene too i mean <laughs> so this was a real bowling alley that is no longer there and i'm honestly i'm really surprised you would think that even with a cult following that the big Lebowski would have that it would have been preserved considering how much this movie takes place here. You never really know what you're going to end up with as far as uh, cult following goes for a movie. I'm just sad that I'll, ne I'll never get a chance to, to throw a ball down one of those lanes. Right. Like there's some places like the, the Christmas movie or the Christmas story. You can go to that house in Cleveland mm -hmm. where that was filmed and you can actually go there. I have been there. That's now actually a historical site. So that'll be preserved for forever. Right. That's a cult movie, but it's a cult movie that, you know, at least two uh, TV stations play in a 24-hour period on Christmas <laughs> kind of level of cult movie. I don't think this ever got to that. You know, even if you had a decent number of people who would bowl there all the time, you'd have to have a pretty large number in order to maintain a bowling alley. Mm -hmm. It's usually why they run leagues. That's how they make their money. Yeah. As you go through, you know, you do this little montage, you finally come to a guy in an orange uh, bowling shirt played by Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is throwing his ball down the lane and it's a strike. And he's excited and he goes walking back to the chairs. And that's where we get introduced to a third character that plays a more prominent role in this. John Goodman, who plays a guy named Walter. So before we move on, I want to talk about Buscemi's just a tiny bit. He strikes, right? So he throws a strike. Right. And he walks away and he says, I'm throwing rocks tonight. He does this a couple times in the movie. And actually, it's a pretty good key indicator later on in the movie about some stuff. So yes, <laughs> a lot of the bowling alley scenes start with Buscemi or somebody else. They basically start with somebody 
getting a strike or getting something. Several of these are Bashemnik directs you to what sort of thing is going to be happening in the bowling alley bowling alley in this scene. So mm-hmm. and so as he's walking back, you know, and there you see John Goodman's character, Walter, talking with the dude. John Goodman's character, you got to kind of like dress him up too. And that's the other part about this movie. The way people dress in this is just kind of indicative of their characters as well, especially John Goodman, who's wearing these yellow tint glasses, a collared button up shirt, shorts, and a cargo vest, like a, a khaki vest with lots of pockets on it and boots. Walter and the dude are talking back and forth about the guy peeing on the dude's rug. It's just this back and forth of nonsense because you're just like, like even the dude's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, what I'm talking about is that the guy who they thought you were, he is the one that should be paying you for a new rug because of his wife. <laughs> and all the while, Donnie's trying to get into this conversation. And Walter's like, Shut the up, Donnie. you're out of your element, Donnie. You're out of your <laughs> Have you been listening to this story? No. Well, then you've got no frame of reference and need to stay out of it. <laughs> you're, like a, you're like a child watching <laughs> He walked into the grocery store and was lost. <laughs> you know, the, the reign of – it's not really abuse, but it's like close to abuse. The, the reign of almost abuse that comes from Walter to Donnie mm-hmm. throughout the course of this movie. And it's very the – the whole tone is set right here. And just this – Donnie walks back. They're in the middle of this conversation and every time he tries to butt in, Walter just slants, shuts him down as hard as he can. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so great about this scene is because it's a lot of half sentences and reverting back and saying, what are you talking about? What's the point? And like, my point is, my point is this guy and not making the point, like you get three quarters of, of the way to the point and then it's just stops and recycles. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because – we're walking into the conversation with Donnie. The difference between us and Donnie is we've actually seen what ha- we saw what happened, right? But we're watching the conversations from Donnie's perspective, and from Donnie's perspective, it's very like, what the f is going on? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even get full sentences between Walter and the dude. Two thirds of the way through the conversation, you get the feeling that dude is just bitching and he wants to drop it. But now Walter has latched onto this as a personal crusade. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that this is a wrong that must be righted. He changes metaphors about which group is being wronged by what group <laughs> and what injustice this is equivalent to. <laughs> and at some point, I'm sure he brings up Vietnam because that's also a big part of his <laughs> personality. <laughs> <laughs> and Walter's well, like saying things like it's a personal crusade. You can't cross this line, you know, yes. and then he changes. He goes, oh, by the way, Chinaman is not the preferred Nobukachur. I think it's Asian American. Yes, Asian American. <laughs> and then so Walter's trying to convince the dude that he needs to go after the Lebowski that these guys were trying to go after. <laughs> so Walter's point in all this is that the dude needs to go get a new rug or compensation from the other Lebowski for the destruction of his rug. <laughs> and the dude kind of fights him most of the way. Away. And then there's this another mantra that, that goes on and he goes, where's Walter? goes that rug really tied the room together (laughs) and and donnie just chimes in you know like just the little words you know just to feel like he's part of it and donnie goes yeah that guy peed on it (laughs) (laughs) 
Donnie says is just a gem. Everything in this movie that Donnie says. This is like two minutes late just trying to chime in. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Scott. And it's at this point that the dude just somehow comes to the same conclusion and, and gets on board with what Walter's saying. He goes, yeah, that's right, man. You're right. This guy's wife is the one that caused me this trouble. And and and, and because of this trouble, someone peed on my rug. And then we flash. And this movie flashes around a little bit to a reflection of the dude and another guy behind him through the reflection off of an award. It's called the Variety Club International. <laughs> so the last scene, the dude is drinking, if I remember correctly. And I think from this point forward, he is either drinking or smoking weed. Yes. In every scene. And I want to say it almost alternates scene from scene. Almost. Like he's not doing it when we see him start this scene. Right. And so the ridiculousness of... The last scene was almost fully centered on the interactions between Donnie and Walter. And just Walter's, his unwillingness to let Donnie in on the conversation at all. <laughs> at all. And it, you just sit there like, why? He's just that friend that, won't, that likes to pick on the one friend in the group. <laughs> it's such a weird dynamic. And then the fact that, that he manages to convince the dude that yes, this is indeed needs to be a personal crusade of yours and you need to go to the other Lebowski and get a rug <laughs> or or compensation of some kind. So the next flash is into this nice house with these awards and the guy standing behind the dude who's talking about all these awards is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Grant is his name. We find that out here in a little bit. You can tell that he's an assistant and that he's a, a kiss ass. Because he starts explaining all the awards that the real Lebowski, not the dude, has come up with. You know, there's all these awards on here and whatnot. The dude's looking at it and he's you know, like kind of interested in it, but not really. And, you know, he's commenting on this, that, and the other thing. And the kiss at Grant, you can see how excited he is and whatnot. And just doesn't really know how to interact with the dude because he knows what kind of person the dude is, you know? <laughs> and Brent is like... I don't think you could come up with a more perfect kiss ass character than Brent. He he is as 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 hardcore kiss ass as you can possibly get. <laughs> Just wired and nervous and you know yep. cheery personality. And you can tell that that cheery personality is more of a force thing. That if he's yeah. not cheery and and vibrant, that somehow he's going to get beaten or something. Yes. <laughs> It's almost like the slightly trodden on puppy dog thing going on here. Uh-huh. But he's still utterly devoted to his master kind of a deal. <laughs> and the dude's just, you know, randomly commenting on different. And he interrupts Brent constantly. Uh-huh. Just trying to, you know, oh, hey, what's this? Hey, is that Nancy Reagan? You know, oh, what's this here? And he... <laughs> And he's playing with that one award that's got the shoe on it. And Brent keeps telling him not to touch it. And he touches it like another <laughs> nine times. <laughs> we do get a little bit of insight into the background of the dude. Brent says, oh, you never went to college? He goes, well, I went to college, but most of the time was spent occupying various administration buildings, smoking weed, breaking into the ROTC and bowling. <laughs> yep. You kind of get that, you know, in his younger days, he was an activist. <laughs> yes. But likely the kind of activist who's in it for the women not actually caring really about the cause so much as just, you know, hey, I'm here. This is something to do. And these people have good weed 
and the the chicks are loose. <laughs> kind of a, a college would have been like the seventies for him. So yeah, that's about right. It's about right. So then the next thing you know, you hear double doors opening, and in comes rolling in a guy in a motorized wheelchair, a heavy set guy talking pompously and in a hurry. And I mean just pompous. He's like, Yes, yes, you're a Lebowski, and I'm a Lebowski, and that's all terrific, blah, blah, blah. Like you could already tell you're just like, Well, this guy's just an <laughs> yes. And he's just and there ain't no he's other word rich. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every other conversation here, the dude goes, Well, you see, this guy, you know, peed on my rug <laughs> and it devolves into this thing. He's like, Well, did I pee on your rug? He's like, Well, no, but just because of your wife. He's like, Oh, so you're trying to tell me anytime somebody pees on a rug in this country, it's my problem. No. <laughs> you <know>? did, <laughs> did you? Didn't you literally come into my house and be on my rug? No, but man, they were after you, man. <laughs> and the whole time, like, and I love every time the dude sits down in a chair, his legs somehow make it above his ass <laughs> and his feet often too, at least one, possibly both just the, and he's constantly moving. He never sits still. He's constantly shifting his and so you just get this feeling of this guy that's never really exactly comfortable, but also he is. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> so obviously the guy in the wheelchair is the real Lebowski. I say real because he's actually known as Lebowski. It's Jeffrey Lebowski. Yeah, he's the big Lebowski. Right. He's talking down to him and goes, do you speak English, sir? Are you employed? And he's like, let me understand this, uh, Mr. Lebowski. And then at one point he goes, well, hold on, man. Let me just tell you this. You keep calling me Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. And this is a classic line from this movie. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude or his dudeness or El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> so that's what you call me. <laughs> I think that's a classic line just about him. Yeah. He's not deterred or, or phased by the way this guy talks to him. He's just like, whatever, man. It's whatever, man. It's whatever. <laughs> man. Man. <laughs> man. <laughs> it's at one point in the conversation that when the big Lebowski is talking to the dude and he's talking down to him, the dude just puts on his sunglasses. And it's at that point, you know, he's like, all right. I checked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm checked out of this conversation. <laughs> like I, I remember initially when I saw this movie, and even now, even when I watched it uh, yesterday, I thought to myself, "He's going to sleep." <laughs> and he's he sees that this you know pompous <laughs> is now launched into a uh, bitter tirade, and so it's time to put my glasses on and go to sleep. <laughs> and just before he does, you know, Lebowski's like, "Oh, if you don't mind, sir," and he's and the dude goes, "Well, I do mind, man. This aggression will not stand." <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a direct line from the conversation he had had with Walter at the bowling alley. <laughs> well, also from uh, back when he was in the grocery store there was at the cashier desk there was a tv behind the cashier with a clip of george hw bush talking about iraq's invasion to kuwait and, and it's saying you know we're gonna help the kuwaitis this aggression will not stand yeah this aggression will not it will not stand <laughs> <laughs> The Bowski starts going off and the dude puts on his sunglasses and the Bowski just starting to get more and more irate and just going on this tirade directed at the dude. 
for what I could tell is just no apparent reason. He's just going and going and going at this point. He's just on a roll. So it's at this point that the dude gets up and walks out of the room and closes the door. <laughs> that tirade, especially at the end, is fan- is phenomenal. Because he's going on a tirade about, you know, how he, he, even without his legs, he achieved everything he achieved and he didn't have to hand anything handed to him on a silver platter and, and all that normal, you know, I achieved everything I did on my own stuff. And, and, and then he ends with the bums. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. The bums lost. The bums lost. <laughs> the bums will always lose. And, and he's just as the bums will always lose. Mr. And like, he's like yelling at him, even though the door is closed and he's like halfway down the hallway. Yep. And the, the big Lebowski is still yelling at him. And as he walks out of the place, Brent's walking up. Oh, how was your meeting? And the dude goes, oh, it was great. It was great. It's all, uh, it was all, all settled. Uh, he said I could take whatever rug I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you know you see them uh, him and brent and a third guy behind him walking out with a rolled up rug walking out of the mansion and there's this woman in bikini laying on a lounger doing her nails and i want to say that's tara reed uh tara reed yes this has to be a very early role for her um because this was before like american pie well yeah this is like 98 so yeah which is hilarious because in um, American Pie. She's a high schooler. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> we won't learn this till later, but also in this movie, she happens to be a high schooler. <laughs> we don't know that yet. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> but uh, she's doing her nails and she puts her foot up and tells the dude to, to blow on them. The scene up to this point has been ridiculous. Sure. But it's fairly similarly ridiculous to the scene we had just witnessed previously with the Walter and Donnie and, and the dude conversation in the bowling alley and how ridiculous that was. And, and Lebowski, the two Lebowski's talking to each other. That's pretty ridiculous too. But this piece of it takes this scene over the top <laughs> <laughs> in the department of ridiculousness. <laughs> right. He's just telling him to blow it on it in a suggestive way. And, then you see the dude look over his shoulder and sees a guy passed out in a floaty in the pool with an empty bottle floating in the water next to him. And he's like, well, are you sure he's not going to mind? And she's like, oh, it's okay. He doesn't care. He's, he's a, a nihilist. nihilist. <laughs> and that'll become even funnier throughout the movie. Yes. And it's then we find out this woman's name is Bunny Lebowski. And that she's the wife of Mr. Lebowski, the woman that the guys who came into the dude's apartment were saying owed money to another guy. <laughs> yeah. So the cause of all the pain, per se, up to this point. <laughs> At which point she says, I will favor you physically for a thousand dollars. And, you know, while this interaction is going on, you can tell Brent is pretty uh, nervous. And, right? and He's got this little, and unco- in this sort of nervous, uncomfortable way, you know, this interaction between the Basque and Bunny. And then Bunny just like sits up and she says, I'll, I'll bleep your bleep for a thousand dollars. And Brent just does that ridiculous, nervous laugh. Man, well, we got to get going. <laughs> 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 and so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and as they're leaving the 
dude goes, I gotta go find a money yeah, machine. I'll, I'll just go find a money machine. <laughs> that part of that scene really puts it over the top on, ridicu- on the scale of ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to the bowling alley. <laughs> From here on forward, we're kind of like, oh, problem solved, right? Like, the dude has his rug back. Right, right. This is a pretty, pretty short movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we did before, coming into the bowling alley, we see uh, Donnie roll another strike. He's like, I'm slamming him tonight, <laughs> you know? And it's clear this time that they're actually in a league match because he points to the other guys. You guys are dead in the water. And you see the other guys waiting to bowl and whatnot. And as uh, Donnie goes back to his seat, Walter comes in carrying his bowling bag, his shoes around it, and a dog carrying case. <laughs> You know, he's like, dude, you're late. What the hell is in that in that crate? And he goes, oh, it's my ex-wife's Pomeranian. I'm going to tell you folks right now, when you see the dog, he opens the crate and lets the dog out. That's not a Pomeranian. <laughs> it, it, it's a terrier. It's not a Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> just and just this the scene is like, OK, you know. I'm just going to ramp it up just a little bit more. You're going to go deeper into Walter. (laughs) Which just makes things ever more crazier. Right. Dude's like, why don't you just put it in a kettle? He's like, well, this is a show dog. It's a show dog. (laughs) It is not a show dog. It is not a show. You look at it and you're like, that's just one of those stupid little dogs that you'd want to punt into the the next field because it's yappy and stupid. Definitely nothing like a show dog. (laughs) So it's becoming apparent that Walter is just bending over backwards for this woman, Cynthia. <laughs> yes. Inconveniencing everybody. <laughs> and Walter's just trying to justify it. I say this as a preamble to what is now, I don't know if quintessential, but it is an important scene, especially since it is the genesis of a widely used meme. <laughs> Walter certainly perks up and goes, over the line! T- saying that the guy who's bowling up at the lane stepped over the foul line of the bowling alley, <laughs> and he goes in this huge argument about whether or not the guy was over the line. Dude's like, look, man, you know, it was like maybe a little over, but, you know, it, it's cool. It, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> Smokey is the guy's name, and he is this kind of hippie, you know, he's very similar to the dude kind of looking, although he's, he looks like a little more put together than, than the dude. <laughs> he gets into this argument with Walter, like, I was not over the line, and Walter's like, yeah, you were. Market zero. And he's <laughs> like, no, it was not a foul. I, put eight on the board, dude. <laughs> yeah, put an eight on the board, because the dude is the one writing the numbers, and they get into an argument, and you're like, okay, like this is just a normal you know argument you might have in an old style bowling alley that doesn't have the automatic sensors and everything <laughs> and then Walter walters it <laughs> and this this scene rapidly shows why it's somehow more ridiculous than the last scene <laughs> right Walter goes this isn't nom there, there are, are rules. rules this is bowling there are rules <laughs> this isn't nom this is bowling there are rules <laughs> And he pulls out a gun from his bowling bag and says, you're entering a world of pain. And at this point, he's holding a gun next to his head and he's using good trigger discipline, which is to say he doesn't have his finger on the trigger. But that changes. That changes rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> As Smokey still says, hey, you get this like slight recognition in Smokey's eyes that things have gone a little bit sideways here, but he's not backing down yet. Because <laughs> it's a ridiculous premise to back down from, you know? Yeah. And so it's at that point, Walter stands up with the gun in his hand 
pointing it straight up, going, am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Yes. <laughs> That's where the meme comes from. That video of John Goodman, you know, Walter holding the gun up, you know, screaming. <laughs> it's just, just the way, like, he's just uh, deadpan, and he's just like, you're entering a world of pain. Smokey, you're entering a world of pain. You're entering a world... He just keeps repeating it. <laughs> and then he points the gun at Smokey and says, market zero, market zero. And, and dude's like, hey man, they're calling the cops. <laughs> like, he doesn't just point it at Smokey. He cocks the gun. Right, right. <laughs> and then points it. And everybody at this point is leaning back, you know? Yeah, it was like, ah. Uh... he's like, market zero, market zero. And the dude hands Smokey the, the pen... Yeah, there's this like jittered, like, like he's trying to get the pen in Smokey's hand without getting in the way of the gun. And <laughs> Smokey's marketed zero in this sort of like state of disbelief. Like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> and then just all the tension just goes away. And Walter's acting like it's no big deal. And everyone's like, the hell, man. <laughs> and yeah. the next scene is them walking out of the bowling and he's like, Look, man, these guys are pacifists. You can't do that. Smokey, he's a he's a fragile guy. You can't do that. Walter well, just like goes, like shrugging it off because you know I dabbled in pacifism you know a while ago. Of course, this wasn't in Nam. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sitting in the, the car and they're debating about what just happened. And, and you know the dude's like, "Look, man, you just can't do that, man. You can't do that." And he's like, "Well, was I wrong?" And he goes, and dude finally says another one later and goes, "You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole." <laughs> 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 And this whole this whole conversation, you hear the police siren. You see the, the lights in the background, and the cops, yeah, the running cops inside. pull up <laughs> to get Walter, but they're already in the car. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like Bravo scene. Bravo, you managed to one up the last one. I don't know how the next one's going to do it. <laughs> He's pulling a gun on a guy in a bowling alley. Yeah, Walter's wanting to debate this, and, and the dude's just like, just just take it easy, man. Just just take it easy. Be calm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and so then now we, uh, we're flashed into the dude's apartment with the rug that was, air quotes, given to him <laughs> by the big Lebowski. The dude's making himself a, a drink. He's making himself his drink, which is a white Russian. <laughs> white Russian, yes. And sitting on top of the bar is a picture of Richard Nixon bowling. Yes. <laughs> and the first message you hear is a message from Smokey saying, Hey, man, I know it wasn't your fault, but uh, me and the other guys from our team are going to make a complaint to the league about Walter and what he did. And I don't know, see if we get the game, you know, either. Uh, taken aside or have you guys forfeit to us but just thought i'd let you know <laughs> because you have you have the the smoky message and then the brent message saying uh hey dude call me back right they kind of alternate and then the the message from the guy at the league who's like yeah uh so we heard a guy you know teammate pulled a firearm <laughs> at a league game and that's against rule. <laughs> it's like it violates several sections of the league rules. <laughs> and then there's a knock on the door. The dude goes to answer it. And it's this uh, middle-aged guy, balding, kind of heavy set. He's like, hey, 
dude uh and he calls him dude just <laughs> everyone knows him as the dude okay i finally got that venue i wanted would you come out and check out my play and it's like yeah sure man yeah no problem and he goes okay well hey by the way tomorrow's the 10th so and just pause dude's looking and goes oh yeah right man yeah no worries he goes okay so yeah just slipped the rent under my door so it's clear that this guy is his landlord but yeah it, and it's another one of those memes where it says dude tomorrow's already the 10th Usually when something's going to happen on the 10th, people <laughs> put a meme up there like, tomorrow's the 10th. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow's already the 10th. But yeah, as this conversation's happening, the dude's taking a drink and like a bunch of it just ends up on his mustache. <laughs> and he knows it's there because he's sucking it in from the mustache <laughs> into his mouth as he's drinking it. The next message from when he comes back from this conversation is from Brant again. And the dude's like dancing around his new rug doing tai chi <laughs> and pulling it off which you wouldn't expect a drunk hippie beach bum to be able to do <laughs> necessarily but yeah totally pulling it off <laughs> and the message is from brant a second time saying hey we don't care about the rug but we need your help with something and then uh it flashes to the dude back in the mansion with brant saying you know hey we got some bad news you need to go see mr robowski so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we appreciate uh, your patronage. If you want to actually be a patron, head on over to the website and follow the link to patron from there. Remember, we do have a website. Uh, share us on social media. And uh, if you listen to the podcast, uh, rate us on whatever your podcast rating thingy is. Uh, that way we'll show up and more people can hear us. Yes, and come back and listen to the rest of the Big Lebowski. That's right. So, I'm Pat. I'm the fat man. Stay classy. The dude abides. I take some comfort in that. Buscemi. 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 Is it Buscemi? I I know. (laughs) (laughs) And and just as a warning to our audience and also possibly our editor, I'm going to curse a lot in this because (laughs) that's... This movie is just a constant rain of (laughs) F-bombs. And so I figured I'd give our audience a similar treatment, although bleep bombs, I suppose. (laughs) 